Good morning, family. It's good to be with you all today. We're going to go ahead now and move to our time of sermon lesson notes and also the Belgian Confession. So kids, with your parents' permission, if you want to head to the back table to get your page of sermon lesson notes. For any uh, visitors we have today, uh, we use these notes just as a way for our kids to basically follow along through the sermon in a little bit of an easier fashion. It has a couple categories as the big idea, big problem, big challenge, Jesus is. First three are kind of self-explanatory. It's a way for them to kind of take notes on what the the big picture is, the problem, the challenge. Uh, But the most important part of our lesson notes, I would say, in my opinion, is the Jesus is dot, dot, dot. And what that is, it's a place for our kids to jot down where they see Christ in the sermon today, what perfections they see him taking on, uh, what roles he's assuming here in the sermon today. And that's all predicated on the fact that every sermon we preach, we will strive to hold Christ out here at Redemption Hill. And so that's just a way for them to, to help see that. We'll move now to the Belgic Confession. We are in Article 18 uh, this week. We're starting Article 18 this week. Um, again, for our visitors, we go through historic creed, confession, catechism week by week here at Redemption Hill. And it's just a way to kind of hone in on the foundations of our faith, like what we believe, why we believe these certain things and not other things, and also how to communicate these things to ourselves, our families, and to others. Uh, we have kind of a, a timely one uh, because the title of Article 18 is The Incarnation. And so the goal along pretty well with what we were just singing with Hark the Herald Angel Sings. And so I will go ahead and read now and focus on a portion. It says, So then, we confess that God has fulfilled the promise made to the earthly fathers and mothers by the mouth of the holy prophets when he sent the only and eternal Son of God into the world at the time appointed. The son took the form of a slave and was made in human form, truly assuming a real human nature with all its weaknesses except for sin. Being conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit without male participation. And Christ not only assumed human nature as far as the body is concerned, but also a real human soul in order to be a real human being. For since the soul had been lost as well as the body, Christ had to assume them both, to save them both together. Therefore we confess against the heresy of the Anabaptists who deny that Christ assumed human flesh from his mother, that Christ shared the very flesh and blood of children, being the fruit of the loins of David according to the flesh, descended from David according to the flesh, the fruit of the womb of the Virgin Mary, born of a woman, the seed of David, the root of Jesse, descended from Judah, having descended from the Jews according to the flesh. Descended from Abraham, having assumed descent from Abraham and Sarah, and was made like his brothers and sisters, yet without 
sin. In this way, Christ is truly our Emmanuel, that is, God with us. Amen. So we move in this article from the promise to the promised. Article 18 takes us from that promise of the champion seed of Eve who would crush that serpent's head and save us from our sin and misery in Article 17. And it brings us face to face with the promised incarnation. We use this word incarnation quite often in the church and even here and there in the common kingdom around this time of the year. And we use it so much that at times we can forget the meaning of it, or it can even just be kind of chalked up as some Christmas time lingo. The incarnation, however, is not a mere word, but rather it was a climactic, redemptive, historical event where all of creation in heaven and on earth stood as witness to the incarnation which was something that God had never done before. It was entirely unique. And creation's response was a burst forth in praise at the birth of Jesus Christ. So as we journey through Article 18, we will be exploring the significance of this redemptive historical event. But to begin with, on this week, on the first week, I want to go ahead and define this word, incarnation. The Latin title of the Belgic gives us a little bit more depth. It's a little bit more specific as it's not just titled the incarnation, but rather the incarnation of the Son of God. The English word of incarnation coming from a Latin word, which Richard Muller sums up as meaning the unition or act of uniting human nature with the Logos, that is Christ. And so we could read it as the uniting of human nature with the Logos of the Son of God. And it was an incredible event beyond which we can even fully fathom, where the eternal, uncreated, unchanging, sovereign, begotten Son of God took upon himself the form of a slave, human nature, body, and soul, with all of our weaknesses except, of course, for sin. Not changing his divine nature, as this is impossible because God does not change, but truly being fully God and fully man. As scripture pins it, the word, and that is the logos, became flesh. And so in the weeks to come, we will examine the significance of this incredible event and the benefits of God so loving the world that he gave his only begotten son. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we come to you in the name of that son who you gave us. And we praise you now for gathering your children here under this one roof to worship you in spirit and truth. We pray now for the means of grace that are to be administered in the word preached. 
where Christ will be held out for all of us. And so first we pray, Father, collectively for the preacher and for the burden he is to take, where he is to say those blessed words of thus saith the Lord, this is the word of Christ. And so we pray for his soul, Father. We pray that you still it, that you remind him now that when he speaks, he does not do so alone, but by the power of the Holy Spirit working in him, that the external minister may stand before us in power of the internal minister. We pray for the hearers, Father, for the saved and the sleeping. For the saved, we pray this is a means of the bride being washed in the water of the word to be presented blameless one day at the end. We pray this is a means to where our faith is grown in Christ. And for those of us who are not yet saved, Father, we praise your name for bringing them here today. By your Spirit, let them know now they are not here by mistake or chance. And by your word, may this be a means to which faith comes, so they may stand before you justified and adopted into the family of God. We pray these things, Father, in that matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen.